Welcome to the Love Your 9 to 5 show, episode number 25. My mom had gone through a career change. She went from being a teacher to an accountant, and it was a wonderful change for her. So I think my parents, with the best of intentions, kind of thought, well, we already know the answer for what career path you'll like, because we know what your mom likes, so you should just go be an accountant. Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest. Today we have the pleasure of spending some time with Allison Cardi. Allison is a career coach and author of the book, Career Grease, which I'm sure we'll hear more about both of these in a couple of moments. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. All right, Allison. So for our readers and for myself, who really don't know that much of you, besides for a little bit of research that I did before uh, we started this episode, tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are personally, and a little bit professionally. All right. Well, I am somebody who really loves helping people, and that's kind of my main driver in life. I'm interested in seeing other people succeed and interested interested in lifting people up. I went through a kind of career transition of my own many years ago where I was on a career path that wasn't a good fit, and I had a lot of trouble finding a resource that could be effective and helping me figure out who I was, what I wanted, and what job matched up with that, or what career path matched up with that. From that place, I kind of stumbled into the idea that working in a helping profession would be a good fit for me. I started volunteering at a crisis and suicide hotline, uh, which was a phenomenal training, and then jumped into a coach training. And I found a lot of people were struggling with those same questions that I had been struggling with in terms of what do I do next? You know, how do I kind of get this career on track? So I've been doing this work for about nine years. I have a team of coaches who um, supports our clients and we have a really effective and systematized process that answers all those big questions and really helps people to get onto career paths that are a great fit for them and their overall lives. Okay. Wow. That is very concise and very full answer. Thank you. Now, if you don't mind, let's let's delve a little bit deeper into into your previous job. And again, this is not just for torture, but this is really because a lot of our listeners are perhaps in positions which are not a good fit for them, and maybe they can relate to us. What was wrong with that position? Definitely. Well, what happened, to go even a step further back, is sure. my mom had gone through a career change. She went from being a teacher to an accountant, and it was a wonderful change for her So I think my parents, with the best of intentions, kind of thought, well, we already know the answer for what career path you'll like, because we know what your mom likes, so you should just go be an accountant. Because you're an extension of her, of course. Of course, yeah. So um, it was well-intentioned. My parents did push me kind of to that path, and I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I went to school, got a bachelor's in accounting. I could do the work, but... My nature is I actually don't really like details and I don't like arbitrary rules. So it was kind of a mismatch from the get-go. I I kind of phoned it in. Okay, I definitely hear that. Yeah. Okay, so that's where you started off. You actually became an accountant 
and you you followed along yep. the path and how long I, were you at that position and tell us about how terrible it really was before we hear of how you started what you're actually doing Sure. Well, I actually floundered for a, a good handful of years in terms of I started one accounting job. I knew it wasn't right, but I didn't know what to do next. So I left. I then kind of did retail for a little bit, which I'm sure thrilled my parents. And then right. I went back and got another accounting job. And for me, um, what was problematic about it was I was just really bored. The subject matter didn't interest me. I remember I would like drink a lot of tea so that I could go to the bathroom and just have something to do. <laughs> like, I, I would look at celebrity gossip sites again just because I was bored. I'm, I was just trying to get through the day. The environments I were in were net positive, but just the tasks were really not interesting to me. They weren't challenging for me. And I was just counting down the days and dreading that this was going to be the rest of my life. Wow. So you definitely, you're not the one to be looking at a screen with numbers and working with very exact detail-oriented information. It seems like you're more the creative type. Is that correct? It's true. I think people have different propensities. So I remember there was one woman that I worked with who would stay late to identify where the penny difference was, and I was like, good gravy, get me out of here. Here's the penny. That sounds terrible. I'll pay for it. (laughs) And I I really thrive more on the big picture. And that's not a right or wrong. That's just a preference that I have. Right. And there are others who I'm sure you've come across, or I certainly have come across in my career, who they are the data geeks. And to them, give them an Excel pivot table, and they're good to go for like six hours or, or more. And um, for some of us, that is not what our vision of paradise, to put it mildly. Definitely. But yeah, again, definitely. again, that, but again, that that's a preference. Okay, so you came to the point where you discovered this is clearly not a fit, and that was pretty clear that it was not a fit. Um, you had this external pressure to kind of make it a fit, which I'm sure delayed your reaction to it, like as if that's really an option to look at other options. But at what point did that shift occur, and did anything in particular happen? that you realize that there's actually a way out and you don't have to suffer for the rest of your life? Well, for me, I definitely tried to reach out for help on a couple of different occasions to really get somebody who could help me to understand who I was and what I wanted. And this is something that I actually hear from a fair number of our clients, that they go to counselors or they go to university career centers or even to a coach that doesn't have a specialty. And unfortunately, this idea of kind of the soul search piece of who you are and what you want, it's not so widely known how to really effectively help people with it. Even though many helping professionals are well-intentioned, I think this is kind of a new problem that we have. It's, It's wonderful that there are so many options out there in the world But I don't think that we really have the infrastructure around supporting people to identify great fits for themselves. Wow. So, I mean, I mean that that's such a that's such a an enlightening point because there there is you know the the statistics which I'm sure you're more familiar than I am of the job dissatisfaction is through the roof while at the same time. We have options that our parents, grandparents, and for sure their grandparents could never have dreamt of. We could really do whatever we want. But I think like you just pointed out something amazing that 
uh, that could be part of the problem is that we can do anything and we're just like, forget it. It's just too overwhelming. I'm just going to put my head down and, you know, and just deal with it. It's exciting and it's terrifying, really. Exactly. And and overwhelming. You know, how do you make sense of the the current job landscape when so many of us were raised with like the stereotypical understanding of work? You're a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, a teacher, an accountant. And the true nature of the workforce today goes so far beyond those jobs and we don't even know what we're missing in many cases. I'm sure you get a raised eyebrow when you say you're a career coach or you're a podcaster. Like, you know, which major did you use for that? You know, (laughs) that wasn't one of the options on the on the drop down list. So by getting back to your story, so you started becoming more aware that uh, it wasn't a fit and that you need to get out and figure out what is. So what, what did you do and how did you actually get to where you are right now? Well, I did a lot of what I think many people do, and uh, I did a lot of wasted effort. So I, at one point in time, I kind of looked back in my closet, and I found this stack of like journals where I had been trying to like write it out and answer questions and think about what would be a good fit for me. There were printouts. There were like graduate school applications. And so many times when I talk with our clients, They're trying to think their way through this problem. And that was what I tried to do at first as well. I was like, some people seem to have this figured out. I don't. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I think a lot of people think that. But maybe if I just like sit down and think long enough, I will get it figured out. This is a bad idea. And this is really a way to waste your time to stay stuck. I work with really smart people. And with really smart people, they can think themselves in circles, which is a problem. So finally, I got a little bit smarter, I guess, because it just wasn't working. And, you know, one too many nights where I was like crying at night because I hated my life. And I started just trying to take some action. And some of the actions that I took were just to try out some things that I didn't know about really well before. I started mentoring kids. I knew I liked kind of helping in general. So I was like, okay, maybe kids stuff. I joined a writing group because I like writing. And then, like I said, I started volunteering at this crisis and suicide hotline, which sounds terrible and dark and depressing. but. right. It, it was a really good experience for me because it gave me the opportunity to like try on being in a helping role. And what I learned from that experience was, one, there were other people like me, which I had like no clue before. I'd gone to a math, science, and computer science-focused high school, then to accounting, and like no clue about helping professionals. And then I also learned I was good at it, which both of those data points were really encouraging for me. Look at that. The creative person is calling them data points. <laughs> self self analyzing that so that, that is so interesting that you bring that up that that many many of the people who are searching and who are you know i mean you were crying yourself to sleep that's pre- that's pretty uh extreme but you're you're definitely not alone and i'm sure there are many people who are it, it, it's so painful knowing that you have this self-inflicted jail almost and this is going to be the story of your life with no way out and you know you have to do it you you need to bring in that paycheck but at the same time, you know how terrible it is. It, it, yeah, that is something that is definitely, it, it's um, paralyzing. And un, until, and, and like you said, if it's, especially if it's people who are, who are successful and, you know, this is the taste of success and it just feels so wrong, 
you know, it's like, okay, people are, people are jealous to be in this position, right? You know, I'm an accountant. I have a good job. It's paying well. Just shut up and get your paycheck already, right? And what are you complaining about? Everything is fine. But realizing um, that that's normal and that you don't have a sickness, there's no pill that you need to take. Um, and thinking yourself until you're crazy is also not the solution. So, so tell us what you did. Right. Well, um, before I go into that, I just want to give a small nod to something for anybody listening, which is I think so often people think that maybe there's something wrong with them if they don't have this figured out. And I just really want to explain that there's nothing wrong with you. And when you see people who appear to just have their careers figured out, there's something going on behind the scenes that you're not even realizing. And what that is, is that that person at some point in their life had a guide. When they were a kid, maybe their parents said, oh, you know, let's sign you up for this camp. Or maybe when they were in school, a teacher said, have you ever thought about this? Or a mentor noticed something in them. So when people seem to have their career paths all figured out, It's not that it was just like a stroke of insight and it just appeared in their head at one point. There were people around them who were reflecting things about them to them and helping to guide them on their way. It happened almost unconsciously. They didn't have to seek it out. It was just there. So when people don't know what they want to do, the that support just wasn't present. It wasn't there to really line up with who they were and what they wanted. And so what you have to do as an adult is not worry that there's something wrong with you, but like go out and get a guide, (laughs) get somebody who can give you that clean reflection and help you on your way. Awesome. So in terms, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I really appreciate that because uh, we're kind of conditioned to think that if you need to go to somebody else, um, you know, there's something wrong with you and you know, you need to shrink, you know, you've got some sort of psychological disorder, which, which is okay. Even if somebody does, but this is, this is something which you cannot see the full picture when you're not outside of yourself. You know, there's, uh, and you also have to be willing to listen because, you know, many times people will, you know, there are a lot of signs along the way, but because either we think we haven't figured it out or we don't want to hear that because there might be some fear, there might be some anxiety, there might be something else, you know, that's blocking us from listening. So then we don't listen. So I, I, w- I would just maybe add to what you said is that there were people who were mentoring them and they were willing to accept whatever it was that was being reflected back at them. You've made so many good points. Yes, the issue with careers is we're so close to them. And we it can feel like, oh, I'm so close to this, I should understand it. But it's actually you're so close to it, you're probably missing things that are under your nose. So really having somebody who can be an objective perspective and a guide and help you on your way is brilliant. And I would just say nobody makes it alone. If it looks like somebody has just figured things out and they're rocking it all by themselves, you're not seeing the whole picture. There was definitely other people around them that helped them to get to where they are. Awesome. Now, how, how did that play out for you? Well, for me, I as I mentioned, I tried to get some help. And unfortunately, I bumped into some resources that were not a great fit. I wound up with a counselor who didn't really have a career focus, and so she couldn't quite, you know, figure out what was wrong. I went to a coach who asked me a lot of open-ended questions and, like, wanted me to figure out where I was going, but I was like, I don't know how to figure out where I'm going. (laughs) That's why I'm coming to you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I tried to get some support, but eventually I just kind of fumbled my, my way through. And honestly, I wasted a lot of time. I wasted many more years than I needed. I wasted a lot of effort doing the wrong things. I think in total, if you include college, it'll be like seven years. But outside in the workforce, it was like three years of me just fumbling around, going in all sorts of different directions. And now I know that this can get sorted out as quickly as a month to three months. So it was a lot of wasted time. So I would say that that's probably another stigma that people have, that when you go to any sort of coach um, or any sort of outside help to help you with something that's not physical, let's try to make a broad category, sometimes we think that these are things that are just open-ended and for months or years I'm going to be going and sitting on this person's couch, either physically or over the computer or whatever, and it's just going to go on and on and on. And I'm in a job, I have a paycheck, I want to pivot or I want to mind shift or whatever I need to do, and I, I want it's business, I want this to happen fast. So, uh, you know, a lot of times people are discouraged from even entertaining uh, an outside person besides for the cost and besides for the fact that maybe there's something wrong with me and besides for the fear of, of encountering whatever that big, you know, skeleton in the closet might be is like, is this ever going to end? So having someone who's as focused as you are and getting the result, you know, that is something obviously that is extremely important and apparently was missing in your case. Is that correct? It is. And when you have somebody who knows what they're doing, this is actually not that hard of a problem. I always tell people it's kind of like if I had a car problem and I were to try to fix it myself and I go out to the car and I would get like totally frustrated and overwhelmed and, and I don't know how to do this. But if I took it to a mechanic who just knew what they were doing, they could look at it and fix it no problem. You really want to find somebody who's a career mechanic who just does this all the time who understands what people, what steps people need to go through to get the clarity that they're looking for. And when you get that right resource, what previously felt incredibly daunting and impossible becomes doable. And I see that case after case after case with our clientele. I think that is such an awesome example because at least I, I certainly can relate to that when I tried to change my own spare tire and I ended up taking off the tire and the car fell down. Uh, when the tire was off and I had to get it towed, then I bring it to the mechanic and within 10 minutes, you know, everything was all set. And I even made this comment. I said, how could you do that so quickly and so effortlessly? And he said, if you have the right tools, you have the right skill set and the right experience, this is really, really not a challenge at all. And while I'm watching him do it and I'm, you know, hoping the car doesn't fall down on his head, he was, there was no fear at all. So what you say is it should be, for me, it's very reassuring that such a positive perspective is that there's nothing wrong with you this there's a specific problem that you need to go to someone who has the tools experience and you know and and uh life experience to to be able to actually process the problem but to that person you're not this big huge flat tire <laughs> or this big huge transmission that doesn't start you're just another one of their you know you're another one of the problems that they love to deal with and they apply their skills to it and you'll both enjoy it and grow through the process so that's that's really a, a completely different way of looking at the problem. I re really, I really enjoy that example. Now, was there a particular moment in during this journey where you said, "Okay, I'm," you know, you mentioned before how instead of thinking yourself through it, you just started doing and you know, volunteering, experimenting. What was the point where you realized I'm onto something? This general direction is uh, where I want to go. And was there a particular incident that you can tie that to? 
I think overall, just in general, I, like I said, I'm really driven by helping people. And you did give a nod to my reference to data points. I actually am a systematic thinker. So it's not just like all the fluffy stuff, but I really like to see patterns in a big picture way, not data, but like people patterns are certainly interesting to me. And what I've noticed over the years is that I found when people had this problem, there were just a few specific notes that they needed to hit to get it resolved. And I started okay. to see, okay, this is what I keep doing with everybody. And I wrote a book on the process. I trained a team in the process. And what I've learned now is that if you have the right system around this, then it really becomes a lot more doable. So I think for me, the helping intuition was there for quite a while, but then the the thing that clicked for me a little bit later on was I think my the unique ability that I bring to this conversation is that I like to figure out the most efficient way through things that's gonna be effective and get people results and that we can replicate. Like that's kind of what, what lights my brain up. That's my favorite thing. Awesome, so now for the listeners who are listening, um, hopefully all the listeners are listening and they're trying to figure out um, how can you know how can we actually apply some of these um, some of these methods that you use on your clients to get in touch first of all with like you said there were two there were two steps the first step was realizing that you want to help others and bring value to others and then there was the specific application of that skill set at least now to the field of career development which I'm sure you you know, you can expand from there. So there, for the, both of those steps, you know, is there any particular exercise or resource that you would recommend for someone who's trying to get in touch or identify what is their helping others? What is their, you know, unique uh, skill or passion? And then also to find the right application. Definitely. So my thought process has evolved around this over time. Okay. Initially, so I, I wrote a book, it's called Career Grease, How to Get Unstuck and Pivot Your Career, and it really contains a breakdown of our entire process. Okay. And I think I actually made a mistake when I wrote that book. Oops. And <laughs> <laughs> the mistake that I made was I really do believe that this is a solvable problem, that people can get onto a career track that's a good fit for them. And I infused my book with that tone, but I think I infused it in this kind of do-it-yourself manner of you should just be able to figure this out. And what I've learned over time from getting readers of my book who are like, I've tried to do it by myself and I'm having trouble, the biggest piece of advice that I would advise to anybody listening is please get somebody in your corner who knows what they're doing. Like this is not really a do-it-yourself type of process. Some people might be able to spend half an hour journaling and have like some thought about it. But if you've spent more than that and you're still struggling, please don't leave it in your own brain. And the reason why I say that is because your brain has assumptions. It only knows so much about what's out there in the world. It might have particular limitations or social influences. So if you just try to solve this within your own head, 
it's really a recipe for failure. So I'm not actually going to give anybody an exercise to say, go off and do this by yourself. The only thing I would tell you to go do is please go find somebody to help you with this. And certainly there are excellent career services out there. I have a particular um, favorite, you might guess. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) we'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course. Right. And if and I would really recommend a professional because there's so many subtleties that go into this that you don't even realize. But if that's not possible, at the very least, please find a supportive or neutral person in your life who's not going to have an agenda, who's not going to be negative or, you know, shoot down your ideas. And please talk to them. It's really a situation that needs to be solved with two brains at a minimum. One brain alone is going to make this problem seem so much bigger than it actually is. See, this is like the same tone, similar to what you said before, is that, you know, until you realize that this problem is solvable, the problem seems to be insurmountable. But once once you realize that, A, you really believe and know, and, I mean, having solved this problem many times for other people, you certainly can say with confidence that it's solvable, and B, knowing that it's not very solvable by yourself. It's not, this is not Home Depot. You know, you've really, you've really got to bring someone else, like you said. And, and a lot of times, you know, you know, people may not, may say a career coach and spend money. I'm not that broken. You know, I could fix this or I'm going to watch YouTube videos or take a cheap course online or, you know, or I'm just going to look at all these random blogs and people can gain quite a bit from those resources is possible but like you said until you find somebody and sometimes on you can find a facebook group that could also be you know if you don't have someone with you physically in your social circle that can help us you know usually the smaller it is the more real it is um but again nothing like you said nothing comes uh, nothing comes to actually having a live person where you can sit and talk face to face and really go through these problems now in your professional career um, what, is there any one particular success in your business that you are most proud of? And maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Are you talking about a particular client success? Or a program or, or a service that you offer. But a client probably will be more exciting for the listeners because we've got the story in there. Definitely. All right. Well, what I'm most proud of, and you probably have seen some of this coming, but what I'm most proud of is how consistently we're able to help people. Our coaching team is rated on average 4.8 out of 5 across hundreds of clients, which is a pretty powerful (laughs) statement. That's very powerful. That's what I'm most proud of. But in terms of, you know, a particular client case study that I often talk about, I think it's a good example of what we were just describing. We had a client... Surya, who was absolutely wonderful. She had been working at a job for seven years and she had gotten to a point where she was like, I thought if I had reached this financial milestone, I would be happy, but I hit it and I'm still not happy and I don't want to spend the next seven years in this same place. So she came to us really questioning, well, if not this, what do I do next? Her family was supportive of her, but they didn't know how to help her figure it out. They had no idea. And I love what she said. She said, I tried Googling the answer. It didn't work, <laughs> which is to what you said about, you know, there are a lot of resources you can read, but this is a very personal problem and it can be tricky to, to Google it to try to figure it out. Through working with us, we were able to help her to, to connect to a career path that was a great fit for her. It just so happened in her spare time 
she loved making policies for her apartment complex. Like that was just like wow. her favorite thing to do. <laughs> so we explored kind of a more policy oriented career path and helped her to understand that it was feasible and the steps to take and how to transfer her skills into that new area. And she, um, after working with us, she, you know, we follow up, we keep in touch with our clients. She said that the worst day in my current field is better than the best day in my old job. Wow. So that's wow. how big a difference there was awesome. for her. So she, that's a complete transformation you know, from dreading it to actually loving it. And it's so interesting, you know, that particular incident, um, because she never dreamt that this uh, is a little bit interesting, a little queer, that people like writing policies. And I'm a little bit guilty of that myself, but that's for another time. Uh, but that she said, like, you know, this very technical thing that people, many people would shy away from, she probably never dreamed that she can actually make a career out of it. And just didn't assume that that was a real possibility. And besides for honing in and realizing this is something that she really likes and loves and that she could actually earn a living doing that and not only be able to reach whatever milestones she wants to reach, but also to enjoy the journey. You don't have to suffer for your paycheck. I mean, I mean that is such a rewarding thing for her and obviously for you to see that. Now, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier and in passing, and I've never discussed this here on the show, but something that bothers me a lot and maybe you'll be able to help me out with this. this is not yeah, on the, go for it. Not on the paper. Um, I like it. I, like I told you before the show, I think it was before, that I don't have the typical, um, edu- you know, the typical standard education and that I spent a lot of time in the Talmudic study and I didn't have, I didn't have the regular college experience, but I've hired many people. Um, I've hired people who have gone through it and I've heard more than once, you know, people saying that I... I graduated in this and my degree is in that and I ask them how they chose that degree because and, and then when by the time they're coming to me they're you know for a job either in a nursing or administration or whatever type of role it is um, many times or almost always it has nothing to do with their degree and they're upset about it because they're saying I had someone who was in the financial industry for almost 20 years and then said a comment during an interview that oh I wish I would have gone to nursing school right, right after high school my question to her which I asked her even though maybe I shouldn't have I said why didn't you do that what was stopping you and she didn't really and her real answer was maybe similar to your background is that her father was a banker and her mother was in finances and everybody was in finances so of course you're going into uh, a financial career as well. But I guess my question is, I know that there are career guidance counselors, and I know that there are systems in place, but wouldn't this country, at least, maybe the world, but let's start with this country, be better off if some of the principles that, that, that you're sharing right here on the show and that you do with your students, instead of them going through what you went through, they can kind of get this right from the get-go. It seems like almost no one has it right from start. They have to kind of, you know, go through the process, suffer, uh, kind of break themselves in a way. Then, and then those who are lucky to recognize that they have a problem, get help and actually find a guide and a mentor are the ones who can actually get back on track. And those are the people who are smiling out there. But what about for everybody else? What is it? Again, I'm thinking out loud a little bit. What, I'm very curious to hear what you think about this. Yeah, so you, you've um, you've brought up a, a big point, and I think that I, I'm totally on board and I follow what you're saying in some respects, and in some respects I would frame it a little bit differently. Go ahead. So as I mentioned, this is a new problem 
that we're having because of new opportunities. So if you think about people even in the 50s or earlier, the range of opportunities was more limited. If you think about females in particular, it was like, hey, you can be a secretary or a teacher or a nurse. Like there was just not a lot of room. So that we are, you know, however many decades later facing this and we're not equipped. Yeah, of course. (laughs) That's why we're having all these people going through these stories where they're not knowing how to maneuver their career. I was at a conference recently where they asked a question that really hit me and it was, is the work that you're doing solving the problem, or excuse me, solving the symptom of the problem or the root of the problem? And it really made me think because the work that I'm doing is solving the symptom. And, you know, for myself, it makes me think, how can we solve the root of the problem? And something that's on my radar screen, we haven't rolled it out yet. The angle that I'm going to start with, though maybe I'll switch it up, you know, as we expand and figure it out, is to teach parents how to be that guide for their kid. You know, because I don't think it's necessarily the college department or the career service or somebody who um, catches them so late in the game where they've just kind of been following a track and then they get to it and they still don't know themselves. I think it needs to be a more perpetual conversation as children are growing up to really help them to explore and to understand what options are out there and to guide them into career careers or interests that are a fit for them. So that's how I think about it. And that's what I'm really curious about moving forward. Awesome. I, I really appreciate what, what you said there. And I, I know that, you know, I've heard from so many people saying, you know, they always ask one of the questions that you probably ask your clients too, is, you know, what did you enjoy, enjoy doing as a child? And, you know, and try to see how that can apply in a practical way to your adult life. It doesn't mean to bring Play-Doh and put it on your desk, but it obviously means to figure out what you really enjoyed then when you didn't have the self-limiting beliefs and you were able to be an astronaut, a teacher, and a professional athlete at the same time. And and a lot of times I think, you know, how much money would I pay right now to be able to go back 20, 30 years and watch myself as a child and see exactly what it is? Because, you know, we have selective memories and we, we definitely don't remember everything. And I'm fortunate that I can watch my own children and I can see that, that every single every one of them is completely completely different and you know and as parents i especially you know me and because i'm passionate about this topic you know for me i'm like you know as we're complaining about how one child is super active and the other one is just engrossed in a book and this one is just questioning you know exactly how the telephone works and what happens if i pull this out and and to me it's you know as challenging as parents it might be but for us to notice that and encourage them to continue pursuing that instead of trying to you know shift everyone into one mold and make everyone into accountants and and, you know, go into a field of finance or I did this, it was good for me, it's going to be good for you too, is for us to embrace it. And the children at that point are not capable of understanding the full complexity and and how important it is these small decisions are that they're making as children and what they enjoy playing with and how they um, how they socialize with their friends. And these are things which which they would be willing to pay so much money when they're going to be adults to look back and to see you know, exactly what interested them when they're sitting across from a career coach, which hopefully through what you just said, through, I I think you're correct. I'm just thinking now as a parent, um, the parents are the ones ultimately, you know, as much as we might try to delegate responsibility to the schools so that it's not our fault, but ultimately, 
um, the ultimate responsibility, at least as children are young, are on the parents, and they're the ones who see them and live with them and have the ability to guide them and encourage them to embrace um, that, their uniqueness as opposed to making, you know, as opposed to trying to shove everyone into a certain mold. So I really like that perspective. Right, we certainly can go on here forever because um, each question brings, you know, so much light to this topic. But and it's getting late, so we're going to have to wrap up. But if there's one particular book, other than your own, which I did not have a chance to read, but it's definitely on my list, um, that you would recommend that you that would you think would help our listeners who are struggling. You know, I know <laughs> you're going to say that it's not a book. You need a help, and I get that, and I see it on your face. But the, at the same time, I, you wrote a book, so you you understand, and you said it might have been a mistake, but I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But is there any particular book that you would recommend for our listeners to kind of help them start thinking along these lines? One of the books that I think is really powerful in terms of presenting some frameworks around this topic is Finding Your Own North Star by Martha Beck. And I think Martha is a compassionate, funny, wonderful writer, so it's an enjoyable book to read. And I think many of the concepts that are presented are universally true and, and really helpful. So that's the one I'd recommend. Awesome. So we'll definitely link up to, the, link up to that. Um, just before we go, if there's any final piece of advice that you would share with our listeners who are struggling with this, as you know firsthand how painful it can be, is there any is there anything else, that, any parting piece of advice that you'd want to share with them? Yes, and it's probably going to come as no surprise. I'd really encourage them to take action. And the action that I would encourage people to take would be to reach out to somebody who can help you with this. It's really something that you don't need to struggle with alone. If you get the right resource, it might take you a couple tries to find somebody who's going to be a good fit for you. But if you get the right resource in your in your corner, there's going to be a really clear before you got help and after you got help. And I'm really rooting for that brighter future for you and for you to connect to the life that's a better fit. And I know that's the most powerful action that you can take is just to reach out a hand to somebody who can lift you up. Awesome. 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 And yes, uh, that was kind of expected, but I'd like to hear the way that you summed that up. Now, if for our listeners who want to uh, learn more about you, uh, you mentioned that you have your own podcast. Give us information to the podcast and how they can follow you on social media and where and everything else that's Allison Cardi. Sure thing. Okay. So everything that's Allison Cardi <laughs> is probably a big world, but in terms of... Everything that your, you're willing to share. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I think is most relevant to your listeners is actually our website, CardiCareerCoaching.com. That's Cardi, C-A-R-D-Y, CareerCoaching.com. I'd really encourage people to click around. We have client stories just so that you can see what's possible. So if you're kind of feeling like nobody's ever felt this way before, I can promise you other people have felt this way and they found their way through. You can too. So that's what I would most recommend. I do fill the role in our organization as the um, business owner and leader. So I do have a podcast that's more business oriented, which is To A Billion With Joy. To A Billion With Joy. Okay. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Allison, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the perspectives that you shared with our listeners today. And I look forward to staying in touch and following all of the wonderful projects that you're doing. You are so welcome. Keep doing the great work that you're doing. I love your message. I had a really fun time talking with you. Okay, likewise, thank you. 
Before we go, we just want to read a review from Jason Skinner. Jason writes, Loves Shmuel's show, great perspective on life and how we should be living with purpose and intention. Great listen. Jason, I agree. If anyone else would like to share the love, head over to the iTunes store and leave a review for the Loving 9 to 5 show. We'll be sure to give you a shout out on a future episode. Thank you and look forward to meeting you in the next episode.